Hello, and welcome to this special episode of the Shoemaker's Library. Come on in, pull up a seat, and crack open your favorite book. In this case, one or more of the Harry Potter books by J.K. Rowling. I am your host, Kenneth Roman, Teen Librarian. For today's special episode, I'm going to share my thoughts on the Harry Potter book series and rank them. A few notes, though, before we begin. Firstly, even though what ranks 7th place will be my thoughts on the weakest of the Harry Potter books, that does not mean it's not a really good and creative book that I love. For I love all the Harry Potter books. So if you have not read all the books yet, then what have you been up to? And major spoilers ahead. Secondly, I'm only ranking the Harry Potter books, not the side stories like Fantastic Beasts, Quidditch Through the Ages, or even The Cursed Child. Only the seven books in the main Harry Potter storyline. Why not The Cursed Child, you may be asking? For one, it's a stage play that was not fully written by J.K. Rowling, and even though I like the story and I saw it on Broadway, it was amazing. I take it as J.K. Rowling's own fan fiction of her story. Therefore, I can take it or leave it. Thirdly, this is my list. Feel free to disagree with me. I would like to hear your own lists in the comments. So without further ado, here we go with the countdown. Number seven, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. My least favorite because of one character. I wonder if you can guess who that is. Guesses in place? If you said Professor Dolores Jane Umbridge, then you would be correct. Add her to a whiny Harry Potter who makes dumb decisions because he's a young and impulsive 15 year old who feels the world is out to get him, and you get a very long, long story of misery. The last time I read this book, I disliked it because it made me just as mad and upset as Harry felt throughout the whole story. It's just not a fun read, like the others in the series. With that said, however, there are many great moments in this book. I personally like the Dumbledore-Voldemort battle at the end in the Ministry of Magic. Sadly, throughout the book, you are upset with Harry and his friends because they could do so many things that would change the outcome for the better, or at least you hope it would change the outcome for the better. While reading, I have to remember Harry and his friends are young and impulsive teens, but then you can argue what's Dumbledore's excuse, who in the same book says it was some of his mistakes that caused some of Harry's misery. So Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix is just a book full of characters making dumb mistakes and an evil witch of a professor. Number six, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Some of you may be yelling at me from wherever you are listening to this, and I don't blame you. You're probably saying, how can I put the first book in the series so low? Well, let me try to explain. I'm noticing as I make these lists with friends and, and soon here on the podcast, I often put the first or original near the bottom of the list, and here's why I think I do that. Mainly, it's because it's the first in the series, and even though it does a great job setting up characters and the world we all fall in love with, you can see changes in ways J.K. Rowling ultimately ends things. I mean, J.K. Rowling did a great job mapping out her characters and events beforehand, but in book one, I see characterizations and behaviors of characters that don't last in future books. Plus, it's an introductory story, a great introductory story full of adventure, but is that adventure any better than later adventures Harry and his friends have? And we meet many of the characters we'll soon love more in other stories. 
in the end, I guess it comes to your perspective, for I can also see why many of you put this near the top or the top of your lists, because without it, we don't have everything that comes after. My favorite part in Sorcerer's Stone is the tasks. Harry, Ron, and Hermione go on to save the stone. The task I like the most is the chess match. People sometimes have an issue with Ron, but I tell them to go back to the chess match and see Ron at the top of his game. Number five, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. A great mystery. My favorite character from this book is Professor Lupin. I remember sitting in the back seat of the car on the way to my grandparents' house and listening to the part when Hermione reveals Lupin is a werewolf, and I loved that twist, especially since I didn't know yet that Sirius Black was a good guy. That comes a few pages later. Why then such a low middle ranking if I have some fond memories of this book? I'm not a fan of time travel stories, and I think that is what causes Prisoner of Azkaban to be low on my list. I find it a frustrating literary trope that opens any story up for loopholes. But I have to admit, J.K. Rowling does a great job introducing time travel in her wizarding world, and for the most part manages to tidy up loopholes. I sadly think the movie adaptation also plays a role in the position on this list. It shouldn't, but because of the movie, I have not gone back and read this one as much as other books in the series. Maybe after a few more reads, it will climb the list. Side note, I'm also thinking of ranking the Harry Potter movies here on the podcast as well. Number four, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Another great mystery. The last time I read Goblet of Fire, I tried to put myself in the mindset of reading it for the first time. J.K. Rowling does a great job slowly revealing the villain and the motives of Lord Voldemort, throwing in some red herrings. The tasks are great, and we get a huge increase in world building and character development. I think that is what makes me love this book. This is when we get to see the wizarding world is even bigger than Hogwarts. After that, it would be many, many years until J.K. Rowling shares information about other wizarding communities and schools like Livermorny in the United States, but this gave every reader hope that maybe there was a wizarding world with just as amazing characters right outside their own doors. I know, when I was younger, I pretended to be an exchange student from a then-unknown American wizarding school when I played with friends or in my own active imagination. My favorite task is the maze, but I must admit, after the last time reading this book, I thought the task lasted a lot longer than it does. Number 3. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets A ranking I sometimes debate and could easily switch with Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. But I just love the ideas of the Chamber of Secrets and its mythology. The Basilisk versus Phoenix fight, the start of us learning the history of Tom Riddle, all this interested me and kept me coming back to read it. This is also the book that solidified my love for the series, so that also may be a reason why this book ranks so high. The Harry Potter world also hits its stride, and you know what to expect when you pick up a Harry Potter book after this. We also get some great interactions with Dumbledore. My favorite part in the book is the Chamber of Secrets scene with Tom Riddle and the Basilisk. We also get a mystery, who is the heir of Slytherin, a cocky defense against the dark arts professor, and an introduction to Dobby the house elf. I also like that we get to meet and spend time with the Weasley family and see the burrow, Harry's true adoptive family. Number two, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. 
I love a story that explains the villain and his motives, and Lord Voldemort is an interesting character to learn about. Plus, Harry gets to learn about Lord Voldemort with Albus Dumbledore. What could be better? It's also where we see Dumbledore leave us and set up the epic story that follows and concludes Harry's journey, for the most part. Hindsight is 2020, but if you study story structure, of course Dumbledore had to die. Luke lost Obi-Wan and Yoda. Frodo lost Gandalf for a short time. Heroes need to lose their teachers in order to be able to go out and prove themselves. So we get this book crammed with as much Albus Dumbledore as J.K. Rowling can. Side note, Dumbledore, by the way, is my favorite character, if you have not guessed yet. So the more Dumbledore, the better. My favorite part in Half-Blood Prince is when Dumbledore goes to pick up Harry from the Dursleys, and their interaction is wonderful. From what we learn of Lord Voldemort's life and how he decided to make himself live forever is another plus. We see that Voldemort is not a villain by circumstance. He's just an evil person. And finally, number one, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Well, for me, the ending rocked. It had everything I wanted in a conclusion and surprises I didn't see coming. Plus, J.K. Rowling stuck the landing. I have read many series conclusions, and I've concluded it must be a hard thing to do, because most times authors can't pull it off. The same goes for TV shows and movie franchises. Yes, she killed off many characters, many that probably were your top favorites, but it's war. I'm with many of you asking why did Lupin and Tonks have to die? My only argument is war makes children orphans. It made Harry one and now Teddy. My favorite part is, well, there's a lot to choose from, but I would have to say Harry and Dumbledore at platform nine and three quarters after Harry sacrifices himself. Dumbledore, again, is my favorite character, as I stated why I like Half-Blood Prince, and having one last Harry and Dumbledore moment where they lay all the remaining cards on the table was just what I didn't know I needed. Sure, you can argue that Voldemort was defeated abruptly, but it fits with the story. Harry beat Voldemort with love and Wanlaw. So that's my list. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm thinking of doing a list for the movies, as well as if you have any other suggestions for lists I should do, please let me know. Thanks for listening to the Shoemaker's Library. Keep reading.